Okay, good evening. Today's daf is Shkalam Daf Tezayin. We're about 10, 12 lines in. Tezayin Amad Aleph, Pitum Shemin Hamishcha. So once the, the, mish, the, 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 the we already mentioned the bearing of the Shemin Hamishcha, we're going to talk about how they would actually mix it together. Well, how do they make this Shemin Hamishcha, the anointed, anointing oil, which was then used to anoint the Kahanim, the Kaingadal, Kings, we're going to get to what they actually used it for. Whatever. Okay. The pastor said like this. It says, It says, we're skipping a lot of the psukim. It says, have all these psukim there. So we have the key to but the point is that the weight would be. Shein elef achamish meis manim. Most fifteen hundred manim of spices of these of, of spices that would end up going in the shemen amishcha. Okay, so that's part of the formula. Part of the formula is these uh, fragrances, the salmon manim, and then you also have the oil. Shemen zayisin shneim aser like just twelve lug shabai shalkin esay karen. You would cook the you would fry the roots. Of these spices, these besamim in this 12 lug, which is not a lot. A lug is about 12 ounces. You have, I don't know, 144 ounces of oil, but you have 1,500 pounds of this. So it seems like it was some type of miracle that you could actually, you know, ha- have this formula. That is Divira Meir. That's how you made the Shemin Amishchar. Rabbi Hudaimer, no, that's not going to work. Shulk and Hayyabamai. First, they would cook the besamim in water. And there was enough water to cook. You could get, you know, turn on the sink, get as much water as you need. And then, from a cooking standpoint, the spices already absorbed lots of liquid. So it's not going to absorb the oil when you subsequently pour oil over it. You'd pour oil over it after it has already been cooked. Once the oil picked up, the fragrances, the aromas, you would collect the oil. That's how the perfume makers would do it. So that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. So if Machoikas, how in fact they made the Shemen Hamishcha. Now the Gemara, the Gemara in Babli, in Krisos Hey, brings down a similar discussion. And there the Gemara says it doesn't make sense how they were able to According to Rabbi Meir, how they were able to fry all this 1,500 monim of spices is not, not enough oil. It's just impossible. So the Gemara there assumes you just used water, and then they would pour oil over it once it's already been absorbed from the water. However, Rabbi Yehuda, from, from our Gemara here, someone answers that question in Krisa. So in a couple years, you'll remember this. Tani Rabbi Yehuda be Rabbi Eloi. Shemen hamishkash asam midbar. nisim There are many miracles that transpired here with this Shemin HaMeshcha. First of all, Shemin You only had 12 lug, or at least that a lug is about, uh, I don't know, 12 ounces. So you have 144 ounces of fluid ounces of oil, Shemin HaShemin Zayis Hin, you have one gallon, uh, give or take. Im Lasuch Karin, if, if you're going to have to, uh, if you're going to anoint it on, on all the roots, you wouldn't have enough. For sure, the fire is going to take some of the oil if you would fry it. It's going to burn it out, evaporate. The basam itself will absorb some oil. The pot will 
Not only that, so even if you still have some remaining, somehow you have enough oil to, to, to get by this whole cooking process, but you still need to use it. Like if you have to anoint the mishkan, all the kalim, hashokhan v'kol kalim, hamanayr v'kol kalim, Every single day, throughout the generations, impossible that this happened without a miracle. Okay, now once we talk about the anointing, before we get back and conclude the story of this miracle, he throws in one, one halacha here. Melech Betchila, someone who is becoming king, Betchila, which means his father wasn't a king, ton Meshicha. He needs to have the Meshicha of the oil. Melech ben Melech ain't ton Meshicha. The a king, the son of a, a king, meaning his father was a king, he doesn't need Meshicha. My time, kum Meshicheu kizehu. That the pastor referred by David Melech says, Kizehu, he's the one that needs Meshicha. It sounds like Zeh ton Meshicha. He needs Meshicha. Ve'in benah, his son, who is going to be the son of a king, Melech ben Melech, does not need Ton Meshicha. We're going to ask that we're going to see that, in fact, Shlom HaMelech did get Meshicha. But either way, typically, a king who's becoming king when he was already a son of a king, so he doesn't need Meshicha. Abba Koen Gadol, Ben Koen Gadol, Filadus Ton Meshicha, he has to actually, he needs Meshicha prior to taking over the Koen Kahuna Gedayla. Continuing the miracle, and not another miracle of the oil. Again, we spoke about how you know, you're frying all the stuff in it, and you anoint everyone with it, and it's still left. Not only that, it's going to still be the loss of love. This will be, for me, throughout the generation. So th- those are the miracles of the Shemen HaMishcha. Continues the Gemara on the theme of Shemen HaMishcha. We don't anoint Malachim kings We only do it next to a body of water and specifically a Mayan, a well. Some bring this down in the debated minog of doing Tashlich. So some said that one of the reasons for Tashlich is you want, to, you want to coronate the king. So you go out to the water, as you see here. Okay, that's one thing over here. the says, and Shlemeh b'ni ala pirda shali v'ayrata masel gichon to the nachal gichon u'mashach oisai shav tzedek akayim v'nasim l'navi l'melech ha'isai. So you see, Shlemeh melech got anointed specifically by this mayan, this spring of water. The Gemara is going to ask. Hold on a second. We just said melech b'melech doesn't get anointed, so we'll see. So there's a vart that I that I said back in the beginning of Bereshis that there's, there's that we see that everyone found the shaduchim by the well. Right, the, at that DT Rivka. So I heard this from Rav, 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 Rabbi Eliada Goldwich, he said in the name of his father, that there's three bodies of water that we find in Chazal. There's the bar, which is a pit, the uh, air, a well, and a Mayan, which is Aragamar, a spring. And a bar collects water, but doesn't create its own water. It just, rainwater falls into a bar. A be'er, a well, does both. It, it, it has a spring and it also collects water. And a Mayan is only the spring gives out water, doesn't collect any water. So he said that marriage has to be a two-way street. That if, if someone's just a taker, that's not good. And if you're just a giver, it's also not good. You're going to be depressed your whole life. So you need to be a be'er, a well, and that's the message of marriage. So according to that shot, it makes sense. We could say why specifically a Mayan. A Mayan gives, doesn't accept anything. And a melech, a true melech, is someone who's a mind. He's a mind on this guy where he keeps giving, giving, giving. He's not getting anything back in return. It's a terrible position. And it's a mind always giving. It's 
not a two-way street. Marriage, you hope for a two-way street, but, but as a melech, it's, uh, it's the message of a Mayan. Okay, now we said that, we said two things. We brought down actually a, a raya, how to do the Meshicha from the Moishin from Shlama Melech. Yet we just said, a Moishin Melech ben Melech. That if your father was a king, you don't get this uh, anointing. So the Gemara says, "Ein Moishin Melech 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 Elu Mei Machlokes." If there's a Machlokes, there's a dispute of who should be the next king. Then we use this Meshicha as like to show. Uh, we show who's really boss. We show who's really king. Specifically, when there's a fight. If there's no fight, so then if there's only one son, he automatically becomes. He automatically becomes the, the, the next king without the, uh, without the anointing. But if there's a dispute, we anoint to show he is, he is king. There's a discussion that Sam Sefer talks about, let's say, uh, Rabbanus. Back in the day, there was a uh, Yerusha, does a son automatically become the next rabbi, the next rabbi, right? Let's say, Chassidish uh, Rabbanus, doesn't happen in the world, right? Rosh Hashivas, maybe. Does the son automatically become Mimali Makaim Aviv? Does he automatically take the place of his father? Is that also the Arusha? Very interesting. Tshuva in the Chassam Seifer. Okay. What? No, you're talking about rabbis, rabbanim. I'm saying today, rab- rabbis or shuls usually are hired people. But let's say Rashi Yeshiva, who they, uh, you know, it's an interesting question how you set it up. I don't know, you have to speak to your uh, lawyer. Okay. So we know that Shlomo Melech got anointed, but. He was the son of a king. So the Gemara says, Machlaktoi, Machaloiktoi, Shaladin, Adonio. Adonio said, Ani Emlech, I'm going to be king. And uh, since there was a battle, they anointed Shlomel to show as a symbolic uh, cer- ceremonial thing, he's the king. And we'll see it happen all the time. Yayash was anointed even though his father was a king, Achazia, right? So, Atayo, Atayo, and Yayachas. God anointed him. His older brother, he was, uh, he was older than him, so that's why he had to get anointed. And Yehu, Yairam, Yairam, the son of Achav, who, was, who the Malucha was taken away from, he was fighting with him, so Yehu had to get this uh, Meshicha. Next. I, it says, it says, hold on a second. When David Amalek got became uh, a king, so he got anointed, and the pasuk said kum mishachayu that that uh, that Shmuel Shmuel Hanavi was told to anoint him kizehu because only him. What does it sound like? Zeh David Melech, or at least Malche Yehuda, kings from Yehuda, Shevet Yehuda, taught Mishicha. Ve Malche Yisrael to Mishicha, but a Melech Yisrael should not need uh, Mishicha. So so why would Yehu? Who was a melech of Yisrael? And if you go through Navi, there's two tracks. There's the Malchi Yisrael and there's Malchi Yehuda. Yeh was Malchi Yisrael. Why did he get this Mishicha? If the Torah only said Kumishachayu Kizehu, only only David Melech shave it. So the Gemara says, Ella, let's first figure out another question, and then we'll answer this question with one answer. They'll answer both questions. Hold on a second. It says Yayachas. Bipnei Yoyakum, Yoyachas got anointed because of Yoyakum, who was older than him, Achav Shei Gadol Menashe Shteishanim, doesn't make any sense. But who was their father? The, the first part of the daf, which we did yesterday, their father was Yoshiyahu. And what did Yoshiyahu do with the oil? 
He hid it. There was no oil left. Didn't Yashio already bury it? So obviously we're not talking about actual oil that they used for the anointing. This case is talking about they weren't anointed with oil. It was with Aparsimon, this other thing. And that's probably what Yehu was also anointed with. And therefore you have no kasha. Next. Now, which keli did they use when they anointed? So there were two different things that they used. You should only use a karen, only use a horn. A horn is a symbol, it's a cementive, that your malucha will, will, will last. They were anointed from a flask of oil, which cracks easily. And it's, it, it, it uh, symbolizes their king, kingdom, King, whatever they're, 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 they're being king, did not, uh, did not last a long time. David, that it went to their children, so it was a, a everlasting reigning. We don't make kahanim malachim. Amrav Yehuda Antoin Dario. How do I know that? I'll shame the Pasik says, La Yasur Shevim Yehuda, that the king should never, the, 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 the Malucha should never be removed from Sheva Yehuda. We know that there was a, the Hashemunah families took over for more than 100 years. The Rishonim on Chumash in Parshas Vayechi, they bring it down that they violated this Isser, according to the Ramban at least. Machlekes, were the Hashemunah wrong for taking over the Malucha? They were Kahanim, right? So layasr shaved me who Amrab Khiabar Ada Laman Yarek Yama Malakta who bana bakar. So I have another pasta that tells me we don't appoint Kahanim. The Pasik says Laman Yarek Yama Malakta who bana bakar. So Maxibasri, the next Pasik, which is describing king, says La Yia la Kihana Malavim, call Shaiva Levi Khilik Vanachla, that they should not have a nachla in the Malchus, another proof that Kahanim and Lavim are not uh, that we don't we don't have them as appoint them as kings. Okay. Once we mention the sons of Yoshiyahu, so there's a pasuk. The pasuk in Devar Yom says, uh, read it outside. Ne Yoshiyahu, Habachar, the Bachar is Yoichanon. Hasheni, the second one is Yoyakim. Hashlishi Tzitkiyahu, Haravi Shalom. Okay, now we're going to do some history. Amar Rabbi Yoichanon, who Yoichanon, the Bachar that is identified as Yoichanon, who he's the same guy, Yehoi Achaz. Yehoi Achaz is mentioned in the end of Sefer Malachim. It's the same guy. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. You just told me the Bechar is Yoichanon. And if Yoichanon is Yehoiachos, we know that there was another brother, Yehoiachom, who was older than Yehoiachos by two years. We just said that five lines ago. So if Yehoiachom's older than Yehoiachos, so, and Yehoiachos is Yoichanon, why are you calling him the Bechar? Very simple question. Right? Bechar doesn't mean an age. The Pasuga says, Bechar Lamachos, he was the first one of the brothers of the family to become king. He was king before Yayakim. That's what we thought they needed to anoint him, and then we realized there was no oil left. But, but that's, that was the, uh, the thought process. So the, the third name mentioned, Hashlishi is Tzitkiyahu, and Haravi is Shalom. The fourth one was Shalom. So who's Shalom? He's the same guy. Okay? It says there's two different brothers here. Number three and number four. So the Gemara says no. That Shalom, 
I'm sorry. Tzidkiyahu shetzidik alav minas. Then he got a nickname Tzidkiyahu because he did tzidik adin. Tzidik adin is what we do every mincha. When a person accepts the Xeris of Kaddish Baruch Hu. So Tzitzkiyo, he lived in the times of the Chorban Abayas. He saw terrible calamities. So he was Tzitzik Lovbi the Sadin. And Shalom, why is it called Shalom? Shabiyamav, in his days, Shalmo Malchus Beis David. It was the conclusion, the end of Malchus Beis David. Loi Shalom Hava Shemei, these are just both nicknames. What was his real name? Elamatnia was his name. So you see his name was Tzitkiyo, his name was Shalom, but his real name was Matanya. Okay, let's go back a little bit. So how do we even get into this conversation? So what happened was we had a Mishnah. The Mishnah told us that there was 13, 13 Shefaris. And once he mentioned 13 Shefaris, we mentioned... 13 places in the base of Mikdash where they would bow down. Some Tanam, their families bowed down in a 14th place. Why? Because the Aaron was there. Once you mentioned the Aaron, oh, why was Aaron there? Because it was buried somewhere. We got into where was it buried. Then we got into what Yeshio buried along with the Aaron, two different versions of the history. And we got into the Shem and Amishra. And now we're going back, still on a digression, discussing the Aaron. So the next 30 lines are just, just math. Nothing, not, nothing complicated at all. So I sent out those two pictures from my art school. Very simple. The, the Torah tells us, I'll just read you the Pasuk, V'asu aroin atzei shitim, so amasayim v'chetzi arkei, two amas, 2.5 amas is its length, v'ama v'chetzi rachboi, and 1.5 is, is its width. It happens to be v'ama v'chetzi kamasa, but we're not going to deal with the height of the aroin. We're just trying to figure out what went into the aroin the Aaron HaKadosh. So comes along the Gemara, the Gemara is like this. You have Machleke, similar to the Machlekes we had way back, Erevin Daf, Gimel, I believe. Amrav, Yechiran Ba'ama Shal Shisha Tzvachim Haya Ha'aron Asoy. That the Ama was a six Tefach Ama. That, that, those are the dimensions of the Aaron. And we're going to do the math. Mantana Ba'ama Shal Shisha Tzvachim. Rameyri, it's the Shita of Meir, the Tanan, Rabbi Meir, Armer, Kola Ama is Haya Bebeinunas. All the Amas in the base of Middash were Rabbeinunas. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Amas Habinian Shisha, Shalkelim, Cha Misha. So Rameir holds consistently that all the Amas were always going to be six Tvachim, and Rabbi Yehuda has the dissenting opinion. Now, Aldate de Rameir, according to Rameir, that a Tefa, sorry, there were six Tvachim in each Amma, where we're measuring the Aroin. Do Amar comes out that Ba'ama Shoshisha Tzvachmai also Haya Ha'aren Asa. Okay, that's the given. The Gemara is going to be very uh, wordy here. So let's not get confused. So the Amma must be six Tzvachim. Arkoi Shal Aren Chamisha Asa Tzvachim. So let's do the math. Six Tefach per Amma. How many Ammas was, how many Ammas long was the Aren? Two and a half. 2.5 times six is 15. The, the Gemara literally tells us, Each Amma has six Tvachim, and Upalgus Amsa and half of an Amma is plus three. So six, six, and three gives you 15. Very simple math. Now, what do you put in here? There were four Luchas, there were four tablets. What does that mean? So each Luchas were double. It was two tablets. Think about your picture from your favorite movie, right? Your two, the two uh, Ten Commandments, right? You have two tablets. Now, there were two sets of luchas. You had a machlekes about it, but the Gemara seems to accept 
that they were both put in the Aaron. So you have two sets of Luchas. You have the broken Luchas, and you have the intact Luchas. Each one is called Luchas. They're double. So really you have four. There were four tablets. Put it in the Aaron as well. Now, Haluchas, when it was seen as a two-tablet uh, piece, like the full luchais, each one was six tvachim by six tvachim. Okay? Now, if you would put side by side, it would be six tvachim by twelve tvachim. Right? If you would put it next to each other. Okay. So it comes along the Gemara right? Put the length of the luchais by the length of the arain, see it, which is 12 tvachim, and you're fitting it into a 15 tefach space. That's what we assume now. Now, what, do the math. 15 minus 12 is 3. sham tvachim. Three tvachim that are extra. So, tezainim and base. Ten mehem chati Each wall, the thickness of the box of the arain itself was chati tefach in each wall. So that that's me down to 2, right? 15 minus 12, now minus 0.5.5. So now I'm down to 2. I have two tvachim left. What do I do with these two tvachim? And then the environment says, right? It was a very small Sefer Tyra. And they were able to put it in these two, in the two tvachim space by the length of the Aray. Now, we didn't figure out the width yet. Next part of the Gemara. We're literally going line by line. Rachboy shall What about the width? So we said it was, it was Amma v'chetzi Rachboy. 1.5 Ammas. If each Amma is 6 Tvachim, so they have 9 Tvachim. Tisha Tvachim. This is Amma v'chetzi Rachboy. Amsa, Shisa. If each Amma is 6 Tvachim, Mupagas. Amsa, and half of the Amma is 3 Tvachim. Plusa. So, very good. We have 9. Va'arba luchas hoi yibane. You have 4 luchas in there. But the point was, Either way, I have six tvachim of space being occupied by my luchas. So far, so good. Nine minus three, nine minus six is three. Ten, the Gemara says it. Ten tvachim. Three. Now I know I, I know some of the formula already. I could take out the wall, right? So what am I left with? Two tvachim, I have two tvachim left. What's the purpose of these two, two tvachim? Don't stick anything else in there. You wanted a place where you could maneuver the Sefer Torah. So if it was tightly packed all over, you wouldn't be able to take anything out. It's like uh, you buy watermelon like spears in that plastic thing. You just can't get it out, right? It was stuffed in there. But if you have two, an extra two tvachim, one on each side, you're able to maneuver. Now, they weren't taking out the luchas, but they would take out the sefer taira. So far, so good. That is the math according to Rameir. But in, in, uh, in Rabbi Yechelen, Shita Rameir, that six tvachim was the measurement, was the measurement per amma. What about the other sheet? So Mantana and it's only five Tvachim per Amma. So let's do the math one more time. Al Dati Dabihuda, 
do Amar, you say, but Amar shall come, you said it's five, Tvachim per Amar. Haya Arka, Asu, Shneem, Asu, Tefachim, Mechza. Each, that the length of the Aaron is now 12.5 Tvachim. Why? Because five Tvachim per Amar, right? Like the Mars said, the Sid, I'm saying, Chetzi Arkai, Amsa Chamisha, Amsa Chamisha. So each one is five Tvachim. Then, Palgus Amsa, a half of Amar is Treu Palig, is 2.5 Tvachim. So we have 12 and a half Tvachim of space to utilize. Four luchas. Now these nobody argues what the measurement was. Now putting six and six, so I have twelve tvachim going into a twelve point five space. Ten arkon shaluchas la arkos shall arain. And what am I left with? Point five. Point five tvachim. Nishtayer shem chazi tefach. So, what are you going to do with this half a tefach? So he says, A finger, you don't have a tefach, you don't even have a half a tefach. A finger of wall, that was the thickness of the wall. So you have another machlekes. How thick was the wall? According to this version, the wall was only one finger uh, thick. Right, right. Uh, no. Quarter. 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 Right. Quarter. Quarter. Right. right. You have four fingers in the tefach, and each each half a tefach is two. And yeah. No sefer Tomorrow, later we'll get to. Hopefully, we'll get to it. Tomorrow, at the end of the daf, ask what will happen to the sefer Torah. Okay. What do you say? Oh. No. So that was buried together with it. It wasn't in the iron. It wasn't in the iron itself. Just recently? No, he said it was when, when Yoshio buried everything, he threw it into the wherever he buried it. But it wasn't in the chamber of the Aaron. Next. Okay, we did the length. What about the width? So the width is only going to be 7.5, because it's 5 Tvachim per Amma. 1.5 Amma equals 7.5 Tvachim. So we have. So what am I left with? I'm left with 1.5, because I have 7.5 Tvachim in the width, and 6 Tvachim are being occupied by the Luchai. So what about the extra Tvachach? For what purpose? to be able to maneuver the Luchais. Interestingly, the first sheet to held, you, have to, you needed to maneuver the Sefer Torah. He had more space. He had a tefach and a tefach. Yeah, he had a tefach on each side. Here you only have a half a tefach to maneuver. And we're assuming you're maneuvering the Luchais. But either way, that's how Rabbi Shiv Melakish figures out this, the math with the Aaron. So you have interesting Machlekes, Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yechanan, going back to Rabbi Yehuda Rameyer, how wide, how, how do you measure it, and what exactly was put in the Aaron. So we're going to come back to the Sefer Torah in a few minutes. Ketzal Asa B'Tzalas Aaron. How did B'Tzal make the Aaron? Rabbi Hanina Amar Shalish Tevis Asai. There was three boxes. Shtaim Shal, if you remember the pictures, Shtaim Shal Zav Acha Shal Eitz. There was two boxes made out of gold and one out of wood. Nasan Shal Zav Vishal Eitz. First you put gold, the smallest gold box in the wooden box. And then... Shell uh, eight. You put the wooden box bishalzav in the bigger, wider uh, gold box. Vitzipo, and then you would coat the top with gold. That you should uh, coat it with gold from the inside and from the outside. So how are you doing about the inside? They're putting in 
a gold box, how you coating it from the outside, putting the wood into a gold box, and then the top you would cover with gold. That top lip, that rim on top, in between the two gold, right? If you remember the pictures from the Chumash, you have, uh, you probably have it in there. You have gold, wood, gold, so you'd coat the top with gold. That is the accepted opinion, as, as you know from your art school Chumash. However, Rav Shemalakish argues, Rav Shemalakish, I may know. Teva Achas, it was one piece of wood. Fetzipo was completely coated in gold. So, Oisoi sounds like it's one piece. That sounds like it's more than one piece. Even in between, it must have made of, of different pieces of wood, even in between the cracks, it would have to be coated with gold. That is the sheet of Rish Lakish. Again, that's how you learn the Pasuk. Is Oisoi the important part? That's Rish Lakish. Or Rabbi Yechidon says, no, Titzapenu shows me that there's a few pieces here, and that's why he learns gold, wood, gold, while Rish Lakish holds only one piece of gold. Here's not interesting Gemara. How were the luchas written? Meaning the, the Ten Commandments, the Aseris Hadibrois. Rabbi Chanina ben Gamil Oimer, Chamisha Aluachzeh, Vachamisha Aluachzeh. That's this classic picture by your Aaron Kaidish uh, curtain. Five on one, five on the other. There's a separation. You have a lot of drush and machshava, chasidus, what the, 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 the Dibrois, the first five and the second five, all types of things going on there, right? That there was a separation in the first five, and the second five, all types of uh, lambdas there. How does he know that? Hadot Chsivit says, It says, write them on two luchas, chamisha chamisha al Five on each tablet. Rabban and Amri, they argue. They say, no, they wrote ten commandments each on each tablet. So you had ten and ten. You got to redo your uh, your Aaron. Ten and ten. To write the ten dvarim. And then it says, you wrote those ten dvarim. Ten on each side. Same, same ten, yeah. Ten. Yeah, I was trying to find maybe someone says no. <laughs> ten and ten of both. The same the same thing. <laughs> the same ten commandments on both. Rabbi Shimon Echoyamer Esrim Aluazem Aluza. Twenty. Dirsivitli Mashne Luchasavanim Vayikhtavim that you write it twice on both Luchasavanim. So Esrim Aluza Vasm Aluza. Rabbi Simoy Amar Arboim Aluaza Rabamaloza. Forty. Dirsiv, it says it says, and then it says, So the double, that tells me that it's squared, and you have four times the Ten Commandments on each tablet, 40 each. Between every single of these Aseris Hadibrais, all the reasons for the mitzvahs, all the Kiyama it was uh, filled like Tarshi, which says in Sherashirim, Kiyama Rabba, like a big sea, that all the Torah is written, was written on the Luchas. It was Meramis too on the Luchas. It was an ace, how they fit it all in. It was Meramis and Luchas. When he reached this Pasuk, it says, when he reached this Pasuk, that it's a good shot. Between each big wave, Galim Katana, there's small waves. Between every of the Sarah Sadebris, there's Dikdukim and the Oisiyasa of the Tyra in between these Sarah Sadebris. 
Okay, now that we mentioned, we got, well, let's go back to the Aaron. Whatever happened to the Sefer Torah? So Amar Rabbi Tanchuma is Kashya Koymi Rabbi Pinchas. I asked in front of Rabbi, Rabbi Pinchas the following: Asya Kirabi Yehuda. The following pasuk fits like Rabbi Yehuda Shita, who held there was no room for the Torah in the Aaron. Veloy Asya Kirameir doesn't fit like Rameir. My time in Rabbi Yehuda. Why does Rabbi Yehuda say that there was no room for the for the Torah to save? It says that Moshe was commanded, put it on the side. Very clear, explicit, on the side. So you didn't have to fit it in the Aaron. It made sense the Aaron was only five Tvachim Amos. That's Rabbi Huda. Adat Rabbi Huda do Amar Hechen Hoya Sefer Tarnas. And where was it placed? Kimin Gluskia, like a box, also Levi Vachutz. It was, it was a small box, and they put it on the outside. Oh, yeah, Sefer Torah, and that's where they put the Sefer Torah. My time at the Rabbi Meir, the Chsiv, it says, Venesata Sakapoira. So, again, Rabbi Huda brought a Pasuk in the end of the Varim. Rabbi Meir brings a Pasuk from, from Shemais. Venesata Sakapoira is Alaroin, Alaroin, Mimala, Valaroin, Titin, Esa Edus, Shaetin, Alecha. So, Adat the Rabbi Meir says like this Do Omar in Muktim Uchvatara. He holds that, that, uh, that there's no specific order in the Torah. And when the Pasuk says, which sounds like you're putting the Kapyrus on, and you're, you're covering, you're covering the Aroin. Then it says, and put the Eidos, which is the Torah, Eidos Hashem, from right? Eidos Hashem is the Torah. Put that El Ha'aroin in the Aroin. But you already covered it. So if you go like Rabbi Huda, it's beautiful. I already covered it. Where am I putting the Sefer Torah? On the side. Rabbi Meir says, no. You put the Eidos in first, and then you covered it. So, then the Torah means, one more thing. Rabbi Pinchas B'Shem B'Shem B'Lakish says, This famous Sefer Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu, it was, it was like written on, it was black uh, fire on a, on, on a white fire, similar to the black ink on white parchment. He ish, the Torah itself is fire, whatever this means, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, surrounded by fire, it's swallowed up by fire. It was grown from fire. When the Sunnah was given from Kaddish Baruch Hu to Moshe, Me'esh from fire, Tachsiv, Me'minoi, Esh, Das, Lami, whatever this means, the Esh, whether it's in Kabbalah and other things, but this is uh, described in the Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu.